The following is a special presentation of Western New York Catholic Audio. Hello, I'm Sister Roberta Fulton, Director of Culture Diversity for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo. November marks Black Catholic History Month in the United States, and through Western New York Catholic Audio, we are celebrating the month with a special podcast miniseries. This episode focuses on the recent revival held at St. Martin de Porres Church in the city of Buffalo. The revival held on October 21st and 22nd, 2023, was titled Stoking the Flame. Father Anthony Bozeman is a priest with the Society of St. Joseph of the Sacred Heart, who grew up in Philadelphia but now resides in Washington, D.C. And in keeping with the theme of Stoking the Flame, Father Anthony Bozeman was quite fired up in his two-part address to those in attendance. In this episode, we bring you excerpts from the second half of Father Bozeman's two-part talk, which was the keynote of the revival. I encourage you to listen and absorb his message. God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Give you a little dance on angels. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. Put some hands together. Give God some prayer. Real quick. I told you we don't need no music. We got Jesus. Amen. We continue our praise and begin our prayer as we do all good things. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Let every head be bowed and every eye closed as we communicate once again with our God. Loving God, we just say thank you. Everybody say thank you. Thank you for giving us the nourishment of our bodies for the food. Thank you for the nourishment of the spirit that we received this morning in our first session of the revival. We thank you for uh, the music that was given before. We thank you for the music that's going to continue in our hearts and in our minds. We thank you for that spirit that fell afresh so that we could relight our fires as we continue stoking the flame. Now, Lord, we ask you to do what you do the best, to give us another dose of your Holy Ghost that touches from the top of our heads to the bottom of our feet. Lord, we ask you to bless us right here and right now, not for our aggrandizement, but for your glory. So that as we are stoking the flame, the flame starts to grow again, and we see that it is time for us to enjoy the gift of that flame, of the warmth that it brings, the warmth of your spirit, the warmth of the knowing the fact, of being reminded of the fact, to be reinstilling of the fact that we are loved. And because we are loved, loved by you, who is love, we're called to share that love and continue to build up your kingdom here on earth, to build up the flame, to make it a conflagration. Lord, we ask to consecrate the flame that was stoked this morning and make it a conflagration that will inflame our hearts, our minds, our souls, our bodies, so that when we leave the mountaintop this afternoon, we'll get ready for another dose of the Holy Ghost. Come tomorrow morning when we come together for the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass here or at Immaculate Conception, wherever you might go, if you're not a member of this faith family. Lord, we thank you for giving us all these gifts just by us being smart enough to come and give you glory to come and give you honor, and to come and give you praise. 
We thank you for this opportunity so that we can continue to stoke our flame, to fortify our gifts so that that flame can be a fire that will consume our church and make it better than it was before, to make it stronger than it was before, to make it even more on fire than it was before because your love is burning more brightly through it so that we can continue to be the body of Christ with Jesus as our head. With all these things, we thank you as we continue this session. We thank you in that name that inspires us, that name that stokes the flame, that name that is the flame, the name that calls to share the flame, that name that is Jesus Christ our Savior, Jesus the Christ our Lord, Jesus the Christ our all in all. Let all God's people and the redeemed name by Jesus as Christians say amen. Say amen again. Let them hear you in Rochester. Amen. Amen. Now, those of you who have not been seated, you can be seated now. Good afternoon, church. Welcome back to the mountaintop. I just want to, before I start my homily, I just want to say a couple words. You know, I, I was at Congress, too. And... I have been to every Congress since 1992. So that's five of them. That's a quick math. Is that five? No, no. This is Congress 13. That was Congress 1992. Um, whatever. I can't. I'm a preacher, not a, not a mathematician. Amen. But the, I, I have seen Congresses, and I, I was here in Buffalo, and the greatest thing I remember about Buffalo because I, I stayed at the airport, I probably stayed at the Marriott I'm at now, which is why, why it, I, I have such a hard memory because I came late to every session. Our bus, we had a, the school bus, was, was, it was terrible, it was horrible. But I, rem, I remember the, the fact that going to Niagara Falls twice on the trip. So I'd never been before and I always thought about um, the Three Stooges, Niagara Falls, slowly I turn, step by step. That's, that's all I, Philadelphia kid, that's all we knew about, was, you know, and so, but, but that, that, that Congress, I remember, but I do remember how, what a great time everyone had, but what bothered me was that what, not even a month after we left Buffalo, they closed the Office of Black Catholics, and uh, I forgot, was it Miss, Mrs. Webb? Yeah. Yeah, and, she, and I, I asked about her, when, subsequently when I came, they said she left the church, I'm like, oh my God. You know, so it showed me one thing, that Congress is a wonderful gift. And for me, it's always good. All of them, all of them are good because it's like someone said, like a family reunion. And I remember how on fire uh, the church was and, it was, and it always highlighted the youth. If you think about it, everybody's been to Congress, youth has always been highlighted. And, and this year, um, I remember 1992, um, see, 1997, uh, 92, 97 was Baltimore. That's the first one I went to. I'm sorry, it was 92. It was 97 in Baltimore. And then 90, and 90, um, and 2002, it was uh, um, uh, Chicago. And in Chicago, I was the youth. You know, I was, I did the youth track. I, I was rocking braids back then, you know. So I was like a rock star. And they, they would stop me. Oh, Father, can we take a picture? Can we take a picture? Old people were walking up. Father, I'm going to take a picture and send it to my grandchildren. They need to see you. I'm a, I, I was a rock star. I, since then, I haven't been asked to do another thing at Congress. 
I'm not hating, I'm just stating. <laughs> but no, but in all seriousness, um, it's a wonderful thing. We, 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 we talk about inspiring the youth, but the one thing I, wanted to, I took from this Congress, I, I mostly, I didn't, I missed every session. I only went to the mass um, at, the, at the shrine and the mass um, at, at the hotel because I was at the, working at the Josephite booth. You know, one thing happens when you get older, they, they, they put you to work. And so I couldn't, I, I, missed, I couldn't go to one session because all the young people had to go to the sessions. And so I had to man the booth. And I just remember thinking uh, at one time saying, you know, I, I have more, I, have, I love that we highlight the youth, but I have much more respect for you, those soldiers and me that stayed faithful to the church, that kept the Congresses going while we try to ignite the youth. You know, we have been there, those on the battlefield, and I wasn't talking about me really, I was talking about the, the, the older religious women, men, priests and deacons who were still on the battlefield when, they, when, when all of us were leaving the church. And I had my, as a young adult, I didn't leave the church, but I wasn't as involved in, as I am, of course, now. You know, and, but they stayed in and stayed faithful. And I remember as a young, young, as a younger, young adult, um, when I was thinking, oh, you know, I was at the club and I'm tired. I don't feel like going to church today. And I was thinking, not so much my mother and father, but I was thinking about Mr. Hardy and uh, Mrs. DeShields. Uh, Mr. Hardy was the old usher who, uh, if I didn't come to church, would be asking me, uh, well, where were you last week when I come back the next week? And I didn't want to have to tell him I was in the club <laughs> so late I was too tired to come to church. You know, and I couldn't, and I was a good Catholic boy. I wasn't going to lie and say I was at the reserves, you know, or something like that. No. So I said, hmm, I didn't go there. Or Mrs. DeShields, who whenever she saw me, her face lit up because she was a part of the youth group, the Atlanta youth group when I was a kid. And I didn't want to, her to be upset. So I went sometimes when I didn't feel like going for them. And that's why I always think of John of the Cross, Dark Knight of Souls. You do stuff just because that's what you were taught to do, and it's the right thing to do, even though you don't feel it, because eventually God will help you to feel it, because the devil's going to make you need to feel it. And, and so, that, so I said, you know, we need to honor those, those uh, the soldiers, those no-name folks. I love when we have, uh, we just, yeah, well, yesterday was the uh, feast of John de Braybrook, uh, jo Isaac Jogues and his companions. They were the North American, uh, uh, the Jesuits who went and was in Canada ministering to the people. And they were all killed by the Iroquois Indians. And they were killed. And we, we honor John de Braybrook and Isaac Jogues. But the companions, we never know their name. But they were faithful followers who shared the message to the Huron Indians who were wiped out with the help of the Iroquois and the Europeans who had come bringing, disease, bringing their diseases. And that may be why the Iroquois killed John de Brebeuf and Isaac Joes and their companions because they saw them as harbingers of death. And so, uh, and I share that with you. I said we honor those people who did the best they could to bring the gospel to, to, to those who need it. And we need to honor our, our folks black, white, Hispanic, and Asian who work with our people. We talk about Catherine Drexel, who spent over $20 million at that time 
uh, educating African Americans and Native Americans um, and reinforcing the faith. Not necessarily giving the faith because they already had it, but giving them money to help. And if that 20 million would be almost 440 million of today's money, can you imagine that kind of money in our community? What could that do? And so we honor, we, we need to continue to honor those soldiers who, who worked with our community, who helped us to be where we are as we reach out to the youth to show our authenticity, to show that we, we understand and we, we respect them. We also respect our seniors who, who worked, who kept these churches open for us so we have a place to go to. Because if they didn't, we wouldn't be here. And I'm sorry, I think that that's my one problem with Congress, that uh, Congress is that, yes, let's bring in the youth, let's highlight them, but let's also honor, uh, honor those who, who, who toured the, who worked in the fields, who kept us here, who gave us a platform so we could have the youth. When I looked, when I, when I said to Sister Roberta, we pulled in to this beautiful edifice, I said, I love this church. It's, I love this church because somebody stayed in here and, and worked and prayed and, and um, called on folk, amen, because you gotta call on folk and, and call on folk to come up with the money because I know and I was reinforced, the diocese didn't give this to you. They're gonna say, well, we helped you people. No, you did it on your own, and you did it through the philanthropy of somebody who was a, a woman who was very, very rich. Does she have any descendants? I need to call somebody, because I'm so broke I can't pay attention. But that's another story. Uh, but we, in all we need to honor that. So that was my, my take on Congress. You know, um, it was really good for my part. It was like a family reunion. All I did was at that booth, like I, like I sacrificed going to talks, but I, I took more pictures then than I think I did in 2002, you know, when, when, I, had, when I was rocking the braids. And folks were, oh, I remember you when you, I, I remember the Congress, you, had, you used to have braids, didn't you? Or they said cornrows. And I said, no, it was braids. But, it's not <laughs> but so that's just a, a share of my idea of Congress and all. And I think we need to honor those, those who, who walk before us. And I think of people like um, Sister Pat Haley, uh, uh, Monsignor Fred Brito, who's still alive. Sister Pat Haley's gone to glory. Sister B. Jeffries, SS, SBS sisters and all. And I can name a whole bunch of other, other women and men who've gone before us that, that stayed faithful in our church and witnessed to build up God's kingdom. So we thank God for all of them and all of you. And we continue our, our journey together on this revival. We lost a few, I thought we gained a few. Uh, we lost a few, uh, but we, we still have a mission, amen? amen. And we met our loss for other commitments, but we need to gain more in our resolve to make sure that we uh, continue stoking the flame, amen? amen. This morning we, uh, we talked about, uh, we asked the Lord to relight my fire so that we can follow that theme that was created, stoking the flame, recognizing that we need our fire relit because of the asbestos that has been sometimes put on by ourselves, sometimes put on by others, sometimes through no circumstances of life. You know, I love people who expect everything to be perfect on this side. You know, I don't understand why things aren't going right because I pray every day, I do all the right things and things aren't going well. Well, do you know where you are? Uh, God's only promised perfection where? 
in heaven. We're on earth. Sometimes some folks say we're in H-E double hockey sticks because I can't say hell in church. We're in H-E double hockey sticks right now. And so, and so that we put on our asbestos of, of, of doubt, of fear, and of pain, and we've got to stoke the flame so we can remove it. And we come now after lunch, our flame might still be a little dim, especially after we've had that, that, that scrumptious, that was a good lunch, amen? amen? Our fire might be on low for some of us with the itis. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. You know, you get a little sleepy. That's why I wanted to start a what a mighty God we serve. So I'm really up tempo so we could really get recognize that uh it's we might be full in our bellies, but our spirit can use some more fire. Amen. Amen. Our society, our society is trying to help us to remain with our fire low, with a permanent itis. Taking our positives and making them negatives. You know, uh, I said we talk about this a little bit this morning. I said, you know, uh, something that we think of now as a, a complete ideology all its own. Being woke. Yo, Lord. Amen. If you can't say amen, say ouch. Being woke since when being aware, being awake is a bad thing. Can somebody please tell me since when? Oh, the woke ideology. It's destroying America. It's the reason why we're so divided. Things that make you go, hmm. I don't know, but what's the opposite of woke? Asleep. Amen. Amen. And what happens when you're asleep? You don't see nothing, you don't hear nothing, and you miss everything. So the devil is a liar, church. Being sleepy, being sleepy is that's what happens when we suffer with itis, isn't it? Uh, you get all you get all woozy, your eyes get up, and they can put anything they want past you, through you, and you don't see or hear not only the bad stuff but the good stuff that God wants to, has for us to hear. You know, and. Being woke, you know, and talking about banning books. Banning books, church. You know, whatever happened to the days that, you know, you read so that you can articulate what's wrong with it. Like, I, 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 I you know, one thing I got, I'm going to testify for a minute here. And if I upset anybody, don't blame me. Blame my twin, Father George Contiva. He told me he told you all that on the phone, on the phone yesterday. He said, if he does anything wrong, blame I talked to him in between. He said, yeah, I told him if I do anything wrong at the watch. I said, don't blame me. Blame my twin. So if I do anything wrong, you blame my twin, Father Contiva. I don't watch Fox News. Now, don't, I don't, don't you say anything because I don't want anybody to know. This, I'm just, this is me testifying, not part of the preaching. I don't watch Fox News not because I don't want to hear what they say so I can refute it. I don't, want, I don't watch it because I'll get angry Er, and I can't watch it. So I let other people watch it, and they tell me the, the lowlights so I can tell them how wrong they are. That's, that's my way of dealing with it. So uh, I, I don't watch it, but I think it, should, it has every right to say 
what they say, as wrong as I think they are. And I, and I pray uh, that, you know, and when they are right, because, you know, a broken clock can be right two times a day. Amen. So sometimes they can be right. And so until we, until they, until we get them to wake up, to be woke, uh, I'll just have to stay on, on the other side. Because, and so when we talk about banning books, banning books, it doesn't make sense to me. Especially, you know, one as a parent's bill of rights. That's why we want to stop critical race theory. I ain't got to the sermon yet. Critical race theory. And I never heard of critical race theory. And I'm deep in African-American studies. Critical race theory was one section of, uh, of Harvard's law school. One section. And they made it a, a, a sweeping statement across the across the country. They're teaching our children critical race theory. Think about the phrase, critical race theory. Your children should be smart enough with you helping them with their homework. If it's something that's antithetical to your theory, what you think a theory is, you can tell them. You can teach them yourself. You can help them. So I don't understand why you're, they've made a boogeyman and a governor won an election. Because he, he, he vilified teaching black history. And see, this is why I think we, we, need, we need our good European-American sisters and brothers to call out and say the devil is a liar. Because critical race theory is not being taught in schools. They have school boards fighting and fighting physically because teachers want to teach the true truth, as Sister Thea Bowman says in there. Oh, that's critical race theory. You know, they want to ban 1619, the project should be banned. All 1619 talks about is the fact that the black people came over from that date and the ramifications of that that we still feel affects today. Still feel affects today from what happened over 400 years ago, almost 500 years ago. But, oh, but, oh we've got to stop that because they're trying to indoctrinate our children. No, they're not. They're trying to tell the truth to your children. Just like you say, the truth is not being taught. But there's not a such thing, and we're going to talk about my last story tomorrow about alternative facts. There's no such thing as alternative facts. The truth is the truth, and the devil is a liar. And so we have got to be able to say, you know, don't fall for the okie doke. Well, we don't want to hear anything because it's woke ideology. No. Woke ideology means just being aware and so you can discuss the issues and talk about that the oh one racism is no longer a problem. We don't need affirmative action. We don't need it. Well racism is still a problem. We still and if you want to get rid of affirmative action, well what is what's in its place? Why is it wrong? Why what do you have to do? And if, if we don't have these if you don't have book knowledge and you want we want to ban critical race theory because it makes us feel bad. Well, what about the, the generations of people who felt bad because, because of, the, of the history of, of our country? And we don't say this to hate, but to appreciate, because if you know your history, uh, Ron DeSantis, and I'm calling out by name, I don't care. If you know your history, then you know that good white people joined with good black people to work for civil rights, the good in American history, and the good things that have come about because of the civil rights movement. 
So it's not making white people feel bad. It's making good white people feel even better. When I think about Viola Le Leozu, the housewife from Wisconsin who died so that I can have the right to vote. So good white people need to know about other good white people who stood up for the gospel, for the truth, helped to build up God's kingdom. So woke ideology is, uh, is not bad. It's a sin not to be woke. Because if you're not aware, then you would have missed Christ's message. If you're not woke, then you would have said the scribes and the Pharisees were right to mistreat the Israelites as well as the Romans. With all that is happening, but what's happened in the past, we've got to do. Uh, and we must still, excuse me, that's why I hate having lunch. We must still turn negatives into positives. And so I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about back in the day, many, many, many years ago, when I used to go to the club. Well, and you know, what, what do we go to the club to do? We go to the club to, to, to party and have a good time. You know, that was to make ourselves, why do we do that? To make ourselves feel better. Because we were B, B, and D back then. Broke, busted, and and disgusted. And so we, what happened? We, oh man, I don't feel good. I'm going to the club. And we go to get our drink on and our dance on. And just like the secular world, you know, I, I gospelize everything. Um, the secular world, what we do when we, when we are usually, even we're, we're mostly when we feel bad, what do we do? We run to church. We run to church so we can what? feel better, be better, and hopefully do better. Amen. Amen. And so with all this happening around us, we must still be able, and we have done this as a people and those who work with us, we've been able to turn negatives into positives. And so what I, back in the day, we used to go to get lit in the club, and now we've come to the church. And guess what, church? Okay, here we go again. It, it's getting worse now. That was like, oh, that wasn't even delayed. I was like staggered. It's like a, like a choir. See, we still got the, we still work a choir. Guess what, church? Very good. It's time to get lit. Do me a favor. Look at the person next to you. Put a smile on your face. As Father Chester Smith would, have said, would be saying as he's smiling down on us, and saying, neighbor, neighbor it's, time it's time to get lit. To get lit. Look on the other side. I didn't say say anything, I said look. <laughs> Definitely put a smile on your face now. And if you have nobody to look at, you can look at me. And just say, neighbor, neighbor. how can I get lit? I don't even have a match. Give God some praise real quick. After a little soliloquy, I'm starting a little late. Sacred scripture shows Christians throughout salvation history turning negatives into positives. What God can do and what God has done when we do, when we follow our job, our ability to turn those negatives into positive and get lit. Uh, I, I want to, you can stay in your seats because I'm reading to you now 
from Daniel chapter 3, verses 1 through 24. Uh, all of you have heard this pericope before, and so you'll, it'll be very familiar to you. And just a, a reminder, like I said, Daniel chapter 3, verses 1 through 24. And it reads as thus. King Nebuchadnezzar had a golden statue made and 60 cubits high and six cubits wide, which he set up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. He then ordered the satraps, prefects, and governors, the counselors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to be summoned to the dedication of the statue, which he had set up. The satraps, prefects, and governors, the counselors, treasurers, judges, and magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces, all these came together for the dedication and stood before the statue which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. A herald cried out, nations and peoples of every language, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, flute, lyre, harp, psaltery, bagpipe, and all the other musical instruments, you are ordered to fall down and worship the golden statue which King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship shall be instantly cast into the white hot furnace. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the trumpet, flute, lyre, harp, psaltery, bagpipe, and all the other musical instruments, the nations and peoples of every language all fell down and worshiped the golden statue which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. At that point, some of the Chaldeans came and accused the Jews to King Nebuchadnezzar. O king, live forever. O king, you issued a decree that everyone who heard the sound of the trumpet, flute, lyre, harp, psaltery, bagpipe, and all the other musical instruments should fall down and worship the golden statue. Whoever did not was to be cast into a white hot furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have made administrators of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. These men, O king, have paid no attention to you. They will not serve your God or worship the golden statue which you set up. Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and sent for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who were promptly brought before the king. King Nebuchadnezzar questioned them. Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you will not serve my God or worship the golden statue that I set up? Be ready now to fall down and worship the statue I have made. Whenever you hear the sound of the trumpet, flute, lyre, harp, psaltery, bagpipe, and all the other musical instruments. Otherwise, you shall not be instantly, otherwise you shall be instantly cast into the white hot furnace. And who is the God that can deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered King Nebuchadnezzar, 
There is no need for us to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If our God, whom we serve, can save us from the white hot furnace and from your hands, O king, may he save us. But even if he will not know, O king, that we will not serve your God or worship the golden statue which you set up. Nebuchadnezzar's face became livid with utter rage against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace to be heated seven times more than usual and had some of the strongest men in his army bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the white-hot furnace. They were bound and cast into the white-hot furnace with their coats, hats, shoes, and other garments for the king's order was urgent. So huge a fire was kindled in the furnace that the flames devoured the men who threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into it. But these three fell bound into the midst of the white hot furnace. Here comes the good part, you already know. They walked about in the flames singing to God and blessing the Lord. The word of the Lord. This popular pericope focuses on Shadrach, Meshach, and? Nope. It's Shadrach, Meshach, and the other Negro. You already know, Rochester. That's okay. So nice, I'm going to give it to you twice. They were faithful Jews, and they got the word to, to change their worship. Like some of us got the word to stop holding hands through the Our Father. Dun, 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 dun. I always wonder why that, that came about. Why would we stop doing something that was such a, a unifying symbol? COVID. Oh, we were doing, we stopped long before COVID. Don't do it. Uh, Y'all didn't? So, oh, okay. Well, the, the official church stopped doing it long before COVID. COVID gave us the perfect excuse to finish it. And, 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 and uh, so, uh, the, and, that's just my, my take, well not my take, I know, being a pastor in different dioceses as we were going around, you know. And so they, well, you know, but you saw some, like especially, I go I do a lot of preaching in, in, in all kind of churches. Some of the churches, they didn't stop, you know, the, the families still hold hands where everybody else was, you know. I said, and so it, but, but the church came out with a rule first, and some diocese, well, it doesn't matter what you, uh, if you don't want to hold hands, you don't. And it gave the people a perfect out. So it says, okay, I, you know, I got a cold, don't touch my hands. And then COVID came, and then we, ha we had to stop for a time. We still stopped. But they had the rule that you, uh, Nebuchadnezzar started out when we heard in the first, uh, First three verses, Nebuchadnezzar was king of Babylon. He thought he was a god with a small g. Silly king. 
Tricks are for kids. He set up his own religion. He set up his own religion and created the statue. Excuse me, created the statue. And everybody understands that. Uh, sometimes we would n never do that. Even in our Catholic Church, we've created our own religion. We compartmentalize our Catholic faith, and that's this goes all across. Some of it, oh, well, I'm pro-abortion, you know, because I think a woman has a right to choose. Yes, a woman does have a right to choose, and hopefully, prayerfully, she will always choose life. Oh, uh, um, oh it's okay for me. I'm anti-abortion, but, but I'm pro-death penalty because uh, John, Pope John Paul II said that we can have the death penalty, which is true. He did say that. He said that the death penalty was allowed when there was a way that there was no other way to protect the society. But we have other ways to protect the society. It's called jail. Amen. So the death penalty should not be used in any circumstance. And unfortunately, we kill people who are already don't have, don't have the right mind to know right from wrong. We become just what we said. We are against murdering people and God said in that commandment, thou shalt not kill. He didn't give a, a parameters of who can be killed. Thou shalt not. So we're no different than Nebuchadnezzar. We made our religion, our politics. Well, I'm a Democrat. I'm a Republican. I'm an independent. I always say I'm a Jesus crap. That's who I serve. Who I vote for is the one who I think is going to help me promote the gospel values. I don't care who it is. It could be somebody from the Green Party. Amen. Amen. Of course, the green is the eagle's colors. and So, of course, I'm going to gravitate toward green. The very bias. Amen. So is God. What's the, what's the biggest season in the church? Ordinary time. And what do we wear? Green vestments. Amen. Now, somebody said, well, he's a Jets fan. No, he's an Eagles fan. Amen. He wants us to fly naturally. Amen. Well, Jets, Bills, what? That's blue. So, they have no hope. <laughs> Red, white, and blue. See, religion is your own politics. Amen. Keep on going. <laughs> But in verse 4 and 5, it said, it said that everybody in this, in this, under my rule, was going to wor must worship the golden statue. And whoever doesn't worship in that golden statue will be, th worship that golden statue will be thrown into a white, hot, fiery furnace. And so what happened? All Babylon did so. Because everybody else, they had to. We would never do that, would we, church? Everybody say, ouch. ouch. Uh, somebody said, if I can get it out. Because we don't want to be, we worship prestige. We worship power. We worship, uh, uh, we definitely worship money. Amen. We worship sex. We, we, we worship everything. Sometimes we put before God. Oh, we would never do that. Lord, give me that husband I need so desperately. Give me that, Lord, and I will serve you forever and ever. Lord, give me that, uh, that wife who will, who will be obedient and I'll serve you forever and ever. Lord, give me that, let me hit that lottery. 
that $1 billion and I'll serve you forever and ever. We put money on our worship. We put stuff before our worship. Let me be the head usher. Let me sing the, the song that I, I want to lead. Let me uh, be the lector that proclaims on Christmas. We want the seats, the, the prestige, the power, the adulations. Remember I was talking about those, those companions whose names are never mentioned, who passed on the faith. That's what we should be striving to be like, the no-names who built our church, who gave us the opportunity to be a witness. So, verse 8 says the Chaldeans, they were haters. Their favorite drink was hater aid. Their insurance was hater state. They, uh, Assembled with the haters club that hated all people. The haters didn't like somebody. They were jealous. And they called out the Hebrew boys, reminding the king of them, talking about that Shadrach, Meshach, and the other Negro. Amen. They said, they are, in verse 12, it says, there are certain Jews whom you have made administrators of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and these men, O king, have paid no attention to you. They will not serve your God or worship the golden statue which you set up. Those Chaldeans were BBs. Everybody say BBs. BBs. Blessing blockers. They were planning to block blessing blockers. You know, they were blocking. They wanted, they wanted to get, they, they hated, they were hating on Shadrach, Meshach, and they were trying to take away the blessings that they had because they were administrators and had favor in the court. And so it says in verse 13 and 14 that King Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage. He was hot, excuse the pun, and sent for Shadrach, Meshach, and is it true? Be ready now, Shadrach, Meshach, and be ready now. Uh, is it true that you will not worship the golden statue that I have made? Be ready when you hear the sound of the trumpet, flute, lyre, harp, psaltery, bagpipe, and all the other musical instruments. Otherwise, you shall be instantly cast into the white hot furnace. And who, this is a mistake, and who is the God that can deliver you out of my hands? Silly king, tricks are for kids. Nebuchadnezzar is about to find out who that God is, isn't he, church? Here comes another good part of this story in verse 17 and 18. I'm going to skip 16. It said, if our God, whom we can serve, can save us from the white hot furnace and from your hands, O king, may he save us. I'm going to stop there for verse 18. Because some of us can identify with Shadrach, Meshach, and, and the other Negro only to a certain Certain spot. 
because of what they just said there. Our God can save us. We know our God can do anything but fail. But as I said, and when I was talking about how we, we, we talk to God, how we want the power, prestige, the, the, the sex, and all those things that makes us feel good. Some of us are quid pro quo Christians. You know, we do this for that, believers. And that's where we're wrong. You know, we play with God like we're on let's make a deal. You know, Lord, I'll do this for you. You do that for me. And when God does not do what you wanted him to do, you get mad. That's it. I'm out of here like last year. I didn't get, I'm mad at God. You crazy. Why are you going to be mad at the one who created everything? The one who can do everything but fail. Don't get mad at him. Get mad at the choice. Get mad at the situation. Get mad at the, the folk around you. Don't get mad at God. I'm not going to that church no more. Well, where are you going to go? To the devil? He's waiting for you with open arms. Verse 18. But even if he will not, let me say 17 again, because I, I, I think we could be, if, if, uh, if our musician was here, she would definitely be hitting keys. If our God whom we serve can save us from the white hot furnace and from your hands, O king, may he save us. But even if he will not, know, O king, that we will not serve your God or worship the golden statue which you have set up. Amen, Father. They say, I don't care what you say about me. I don't care what you're going to do to me. I don't care what you think about me. I don't care. I'm going to follow what Jesus said to do. I'm going to continue on my mission. I'm going to stay on that road. I'm going to stoke the flame. I don't care how you try to put it out, how you put asbestos on it, how you threaten to put, now you got asbestos, and now you're going to put some fire retardant on it. I don't care. I'm going to continue to stoke the flame. I don't know how, but I'll break the asbestos. I'll break the fire retardant. I'll break everything you have to try to stop me because I'm doing this for the Lord. I'm doing this to follow his will. I'm doing this because God has called me. I'm doing this because I will be the witness that you need me to be because I know that you have a plan and you have not brought me this far to abandon me. And what happened? Nebuchadnezzar is hot for real. And he makes a furnace seven times hotter than normal. He finds the diesel dudes built like me. Five years ago. Amen. I used to be swole here, now swole here. That's another story. But the diesel dudes, I usually, I usually call out somebody else, but I, I usually call out another priest, so there was nobody else here, so I had to call myself out. Amen. Call the diesel dudes. I had them bind up Shadrach, Meshach, and the other Negro. That's all right. <laughs> That's all right. You'll be okay. Don't do it after, after today. You'll get in trouble. I mean, go back to Abednego after today. <laughs> 
So, the diesel dudes throw Shadrach, Meshach, and the other Negro into the fiery furnace. And it was so hot, the diesel dudes burned up. Here comes another good part, church. They throw in the fiery furnace. Fiery furnace. And you know what? Oh, I took the microphones. I'm trapped. That one? Okay. I got it. I know y'all are getting too comfortable now. We gotta come out here. Come out here. When he threw the, the diesel dudes threw him in the fiery furnace. You know what happened. Scripture said that the diesel dudes burn up. And one hand the first, y'all already know where you're going with this. And they threw him in the furnace. And all of a sudden, as they burn up, you can look into the fiery furnace and you see Shadrach, Meshach, and they walking around, singing, shouting, dancing. As a Catholic church, dancing is all right. John Paul II, when Catherine Drexel was, uh, was canonized, along with Josephine Baquita and the Chinese uh, saint, I can't ever remember her name, but when they were canonized, the, the group from Africa, from uh, the Sudan came, and they danced and brought up the gifts. And when they danced, they were, bringing, they were bouncing, and they showed the camera. I was watching it from Philadelphia. They just put the camera on John Paul II. He was tapping his feet, clapping his hands, bouncing with them. So if it's good enough for a saint in the church, it's good enough for us in the church. Amen? So you tell them, oh, the Catholic church, dance is not part of the Catholic tradition. Well, it was, it was part of St. John Paul II's tradition. He was dancing with the black folks that were in that church in Rome. So it's good enough for the Roman church, Roman Catholic church. It's good enough for our Roman Catholic church here in America. Amen? Amen. So they were singing, dancing, shouting, and praising God. And uh, they looked. They look into into the into the fiery furnace, and they see them bouncing. I got to come back and look at the notes because I don't want to mess up this good part. So get ready. Amen. And, and that verse twenty four, uh, uh, they, they had stretched out. Um, the, the, that flame that was meant to destroy them became a witness for them. They were singing, shouting, and praising God, and um, they they were they were doing something miraculous, weren't they, church? You see, when the the fire they had trying to burn them up was a physical fire made by man, but the fire they were filled with has had beat out the flames from that fire, and as they beat out the flames from that fire, they were able to to to. Uh, just like this flame is a witness, they could be a witness because they said they were singing and shouting, dancing and praising God, and I know what they were saying. Do you want to know what they say in church? Do you know what they say in church? They were saying, the roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. We don't need no water. Let the Holy Spirit burn. Burn, Holy Spirit, burn. Come on, everybody. The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. We don't need no water, let the Holy Spirit burn. Burn, Holy Spirit, burn. They said, oh, Father, they didn't say that. 
They didn't say that. You don't know what they said, but I do. I do because what happened. See, I took, we read to verse 24, but if you go to verse 92, they said, well, uh, and they said, well, we see uh, King Nebuchadnezzar is going because he's feeling good about himself. He thought he won. He thought it was over, just like uh, the uh, the the uh, the. Uh, the Romans, they thought they had killed Jesus. And the Jews, they thought they had killed him. They thought it was over. Uh, but it wasn't over. When they, uh, and so Nebuchadnezzar, went, even though he burned up his diesel dudes, he went to look and see Shadrach, Meshach, and I uh, see them all burnt up. But what did he see? He looked in. He said, oh, I, not only do I see three, but I see four. And one is the, looks like the son of man. And there was one, so well, that was, well, who was that? And somebody said, well, that was Jesus. No, it wasn't Jesus. It was an angel. It was an angel. Once again, God keeping his promise. And the, the angel was the one who helped to keep that, stoke the flame and gave the Shadrach, Meshach, and the ability to go and testify who, who they are and who they are. They served a God who was stronger than the God that uh, Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And so when Nebuchadnezzar looked in, here comes all that. It's already good stuff. But here's the gravy. What happens when you, when you stoke the flame and, and you get lit on a fire. And when you get lit, you, you let other folks see it. He said, he looked and he said, what is this? I see these four. And uh, this God of Shadrach, Meshach, and it must be something to him. He is more powerful than my God. He is more able to do what, my, what I cannot do. So from now on, everybody in Babylon, we will worship the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and because that God is powerful and has delivered them from my hands. Church, that's what we've got to do. We've got to be ready to witness, to testify who God is, what God has done. When you're catching H-E double hockey sticks, you better start praising God because you don't know how, but somehow God's going to send your angel to bring you out of whatever you're going through. When the devil thinks he's won, that's when God starts to work. So get excited if you're catching hell right now. Get excited because all you got to do is testify because you already said when the praises go up, the blessings come down. So it's time for us to show that we are lit recognizing that we are tore up from the floor because we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And because we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we know that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. They might think they're winning, but it ain't over till God says it's over. And our God can do anything but fail. That's good news, isn't it, church? We ask God to relight our fire so that we can stoke the flame. So now it's time for us to get lit. Time for us to be able to witness, to testify to who we are. To say, I know it might be bad right now, but I know trouble don't last always. I know it might seem like the devil's winning, but we know our God can do anything but fail. We come to the mountaintop. We are in the midst of a fiery furnace made by man. And there are many BBs out there. There are many blessing blockers trying to hold us back. They're all around. But guess what, church? Ooh. It's, it's all so close, but yet so far. We got one more day tomorrow morning. Let's not let's get it together. Guess what, church? Much better, but I forgot what I was going to say again. You had to go through all that. Satan is a deceiver. That's what. But before you give in to despair, 
Remember, Satan might be a deceiver, but you are a believer. And because you are a believer for real, you know what to do when it looks like the devil's winning. You start to pray it away. You start to praise it away. You start to sing it away. You start to shout it away. But not just singing all Luther Vandross. No, singing the words of Zion. Singing the words that mean something. Reminding yourself of how the Lord uh, saved uh, those who were downtrodden. Reminding of how we talked about earlier. Late in the midnight hour when you called on him before. When you couldn't call on nobody else. You called on Jesus and he worked it out. You already know stories. You already have them in your life. I could tell you 10, 15, or 20 stories from my own journey. But because look at the time, I won't tell you. I'm going to got one for you tomorrow. Amen. Stay tuned. But you already know what God has done for you. You already know what God has done for your various communities, what he's done in Rochester, what he's done here in Buffalo, what he will do in every other city you take God to. And I think that's such a great idea of taking the gospel to other places, teaming up. Because we love, one thing we love to do is go on trips. That's how I built up my, my, uh, my men's group in New Orleans. Start, when I was there, I started taking them to the Black Catholic Men's Conference. We started out the first, first year we went in 19. The next year we went with 26. After that we went no less than 40, than 36 men from one church to this Black Catholic Men's Conference. And it came back on fire. And we also had a European American guy go with us who was a member of their parish because most of our Black Catholic parishes have plenty of white and Hispanic and Asian and other groups that go with us. And so for the part of the collective of the worship, you can all be a part of the community because we're many parts of one body. And and, and the black community, because of mass of jump road offense, you can find black folks in every, every culture, every hue, every denomination. So, but you came, but they come on fire when they see other men who are on fire. And they come and we share all the great things going on in our church, and they share the good things that I could bring back to my church. So coming together as men and coming together to share, to build up our churches so that we can share our giftedness of who we are and whose we are. That's what happens when you come together and get lit in Christ. This, we must reach for our blessing. How do we do that? It's to, it's to get lit. To, and when you think about what God has done, you get euphoric. I, I, I don't know how many times I watch somebody else when I'm feeling low and I start testifying and I see somebody jump up. Oh, yes, I see it. I mean, I get it even more. I get it because I know that they know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. We've got to witness to each other who God is and what God has done. So when I'm not feeling good, uh, I, I see you shouting and bouncing. I say, you know what? I remember that. I'm going to be shouting and bouncing too so I can get excited and get lit. This is what God is asking for us. We can pray it away. We can praise it away. It's time to get lit. We must reach for our blessing. We must reach out. We must do things different. You can't do the same old thing, the same old way, expect a different result. You got to do things a little differently. That's why I like this, this two-session revival idea. It's something a little different, but we can get it, and the result is hopefully we'll be on fire to go out. Now, you got tonight to go out, and all those folks who are missing, make sure that they're here tomorrow. So they can get some of this, get some of this joy, get some of this peace, get some of this love, get some of this call, this call to share the good news, to get lit, to get lit. Because when they get lit, you know, it's infectious. You know what happens when the Bills win? Y'all get happy. You know what happens when the Jets win? 
People get happy. You, when the Eagles, when I, I was depressed Monday. Amen. The Eagles lost. <laughs> Won't be for long. <laughs> I hope. I hope. I hope. Amen. But you know what I'm saying, church. It's time. This is our moment. This is our time to get lit. We're going to praise it away. We got. I, we must party with a purpose. Somebody say, Tom Joyner. We must party with a purpose. We must get lit, not on a cruise, but in the church. In the church. We're going to praise it away. We're going to reach, reach one, teach one. Reach out beyond the walls, beyond our, our, our walls that we put through denomination. Reach out beyond our, 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 our walls we put through race or whatever is keeping us from reaching out because God said, I want all of us to be one in him. We're going to praise it away as we party with a purpose and we are woke to the promise that our God will never forsake us and it's time for us to get lit to share that good news. We can call for the spirit to fall down on us in a fresh like it did on Shadrach, Meshach, and when I'm dealing with that boss, I can reach, reach up and, and grab the promise and say it's time to get lit, lit, to go for me to be a witness to my boss on the job that no matter how he tries, he can't defeat my spirit. It's time to get lit when I'm dealing with a crime in my community, reaching pookie not when he's with and them. Reaching, you know somebody in your family that's slinging. You know somebody in your family that needs to know the love of Christ. You can reach and pull them off the corner and pull them in the house. <laughs> Fix that fried chicken, potato salad, and cabbage and invite them over. Amen. And stovetop cornbread. So you know what they have next time I come to, Amen. Bring, them, bring that meal in and talk to them and find out, share with them the gospel, share them the good news. Say, you know what? You want to meet some nice girls? Come to my church. But you got to come correctly. You don't come, uh, don't come thugged out. Come with an open heart. Recognize that thugged out is only going to lead you one way. Coming with an open heart will lead you the right way. It's time to get lit so that we can show our young people that they can grab their blessings and stop trying to snatch and grab from the jewelry stores. It's time to get lit when dealing with our, the drugs, the alcohol, and all the other problems in our community. It's time to get lit to say that will only give you a temporary high. You want to get high, come and watch Father Bozeman went up and down the aisle like he crazy. That's a real high. Come and see Miss Lula May singing that song. She all off key, but it sounds so good because it's for real. This high is for real, and it won't go away. It's time to get lit so that we can fill our cups, not with the alcohol, but we can fill it with a loving cup of blessings that's promised to us from God. It's time to get lit when dealing with all those BBs, those blessing blockers who try to claim that being woke, being aware is a bad thing. It's time to get lit so that we can reach beyond their hate 
to teach them, as Sister Thea Bowman says, the true truth. It's time to get lit that we can petition Rome to say stop playing and name those saintly six as saints that they are already are in God's eyes and most of our eyes just waiting for man to do the right thing. It's time to get lit when they're banning books to stretch our, our hands and say no. You are a blessing. An alternative thought is only an opportunity for us to strengthen the thinking, our, our views, the, the gift that God has given us. It's time to get lit so we can stand up and tell the truth. Not by banning books, but by lifting up the books that we think are really, that will help our society, help our community, help our family, help our church. You ban something, people go to it more. You know, when, when I was a kid, they banned the movie The Exorcist. And came, that became one of the top grossing films ever. Now my mother and father didn't let me go see it. I didn't see it until I was an adult. But a whole bunch of other folk did. Banning, that only creates more, gives you more incentive. It's time to get lit. To help to teach the true truth, as Sister Thea says. Teaching that slavery is, was, and always will be a horrific evil that can't be changed by pretending it didn't happen. And I love it, or, or giving it a, a new name. In Texas, they say, you can't use the word slavery in school. They have to call it involuntary servitude. Involuntary servitude. That's what school district in, in, in districts in Texas are, are promulgating. The devil's a liar. Slavery was slavery. It was wrong, it was evil, and just like the, the great governor of Florida said, uh, it was a, he made it, slavery was not an uh, alternative school of education for uh, a job education for, for black people, <laughs> you know, because they learned so many great skills. No, it was slavery, and it was wrong. And stop saying it, stop, that was a liar when you try to change it and make it softer for your palate. We must reach out and share the knowledge. It's time to get lit so that we can lift everyone else up so they can get lit also, so that we can grow to be what God has called us to be in many parts of one body. This afternoon, we stretch out our minds, our hearts, our souls so that we can get lit. It's time to get lit so that we can sing, dance, and tell them what it's all about. It's time to get lit so that we can magnify, signify, amplify, exemplify, glorify, testify. It's time to get lit so that we can reach out and get our blessings. So we can transform this dark world into Christ's awesome light. It's time to get lit, church, so that we can live up to the promise that God made for us. The promise he said that he will always be with us. It's time for us to get lit, even when we don't feel like it, because we know that somehow God's going to bless us. It's time to get lit so that we can be a witness for our young people, for our old people, for anybody who wants to see, wants to know who God is, know an alternative to this alternative world. There's no such thing as alternative facts. A lie is a lie is a lie. The, there's no, the truth is Jesus the Christ. And that's the truth we've got to share. How do we share that? In our community, it's through our praise. 
That's one thing that's been authentic no matter what we've gone through from the Middle Passage to slavery to, uh, to Jim Crow to now uh, to uh, mass incarceration. You can name all the things, that, all the ills of our society. How do we get through it? We pray and praise our way through it. So we've got to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and and say, and create our own song, our song, saying the roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. We don't need no water. Let the Holy Spirit burn. Burn, Holy Spirit, burn. If you're going through something, get up. The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. We don't need no water. Let the Holy Spirit burn. Burn, Holy Spirit. If you, all right, stand up, everybody. The roof, the roof. The roof is on fire. We don't need no water. Let the Holy Spirit burn. Burn, Holy Spirit. Burn. One more time. The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. We don't need no water. Let the Holy Spirit burn. Burn, Holy Spirit. Burn. Church, if we do that, if we pray and praise our way to witness of who we are, we will get lit because God will let the, uh, as the praises go up, the blessings will come and we will be able to testify. If I said to you, God is good and all the time, now I want to say God is great. Why do you hesitate? God is great. Why do you hesitate? To give him glory. God is good all the time and all the time. God is great. Why do you hesitate to give him glory? Why do you hesitate to, to witness to him? God is great. Why do you hesitate to get lit so that we can transform our hearts, our minds, our souls, our community, our city, our state, our country, our world. God is great. Why do you hesitate to give him glory so that we can get hooked up? That was Father Anthony Bozeman, the keynote speaker at the Revival 2023, Stoking the Flame, held in October at St. Martin de Porres Church. And I'm Sister Roberta Fulton once again saying thank you for listening to our podcast mini-series celebrating National Black Catholic History Month. May God bless you.